Radio Outcast is a wily gunslinging podcast for mature audiences. Content warning. This episode contains depictions of violence, guns, and gunshots throughout the episode, as well as character death at the beginning and kidnapping in the middle of the episode that may be upsetting for some listeners. We encourage our listeners to prioritize their safety before venturing ahead. Thank you. been a week since Lone Flats. A week since I came back from the dead, hitched my fate to a goddess, and lost my shot at getting a lead on the men that killed my dad. Now I find myself in the center of a good old Mexican standoff. There's a dead body on the ground in front of me. Fresh blood stanking up the air and soaking black into the desert rock. We've all got our guns drawn. One of the men points his barrel square at my forehead. From the bloody look to his eyes, the bastard wants my brains across the sands. You fucker! You killed my brother! Keep shooting! Nope. No. Don't keep shooting. My heart's pounding. All I want to do is kill these motherfuckers. After all this time... They're right in front of me. Got my aims on his head. I can kill each of them with one quick pull. And they can't kill me. Not with this power thing I got from that tower. It's everything I wanted here, right now. Won't ignore this chance. It's like God put them right before me, here in this hot, stinking desert to be executed. Squint my eye pull back on the trigger and well I guess I should start a little earlier it was a long day that came before Helix was talking non-stop like she always does and that rat Charles Osgood was of course sucking up he wants something <sighs> don't know what it is but that man is a wanton man. Okay, okay, okay. My turn. Uh, never have I ever... Mm. <clears throat> never have I ever been shot more than once. Oh, good one, madam. I myself received my first bullet not long ago. Left not even a scratch. <laughs> but that's quite a long story. You know, the Sony machine, too, has already been pinged numerous times. Jesse. Hmm? You need to put a finger down. Hmm. 
first. You raise your hands again. Uh, put a finger down for those three last ones and now put down another. Told ya, I ain't in the mood for your weird god games. It's a human game. I learned it at this killer NYU sorority party where if you lost the game, you had to drink... Wait, New York University's a thing now, right? Well, anyways, the game is from the future, so I guess you wouldn't know it. Also because you're boring. Tell your blue bird to mind his business. They're a mockingbird. Leave Coda alone. Try to be a team player for once, okay? You don't like Never Have I Ever... Fine. I've got other games. 20 questions. Okay. I think of a random person or thing, and you have to guess whatever I'm thinking. You get 20 questions to try to figure it out. Ready? I've already got a thing in mind. Do you want to start? No. (laughs) Indulge her, Mr. Rogers. I'm sure a solitary man such as yourself could do with a fun bout of gaming. Now, you might not guess it, but I consider myself quite the gamesman. Best pharaoh player in all the West, some have said. Just before I emptied their pockets. (laughs) Uh, But that's another story. This, uh, 20 questions sounds quite fun. See? Charles likes my games. (laughs) Yeah, big surprise. I'm sure you're at least a little curious about me, right? It's not every day a mortal gets to meet a god. How about truth or lie? I say a truth and a lie, and you gotta guess which one's the lie. Oh, how about just talking? What's the point of a game? Look, we should be getting to know each other better if we're gonna be stuck together. And it should be fun. Otherwise, we're just grunting across the desert until we find the next tower. Nah. I've walked hundreds of miles in complete silence. I don't need to talk. You need to talk. All I need is to finish this detour. Got bigger things to worry about than some game. Come now. Miss Helix and I have been perfectly accommodating. And you would do well to follow suit, yes? Have I not lent the Sani machine to our cause, thus providing clues toward our great mystery? And did I not provide us with all accommodations from my own purse in the few destitute watering holes we've crossed thus far? Yes, you've been a big help. Oh, thank you. He'd have been more help if he had got us horses instead of feather pillows for the night. Ugh. You need to chill. Honestly, I... What was that? So, Mom, how is everyone? No? Well, you can't blame a girl for trying. So, there was this random gunshot in No Man's Land. This place is straight out of a Wile E. Coyote cartoon. Just endless, hot, orange desert. So, you'd think we would have seen what was happening around us for miles. But I couldn't tell where the gunshot came from. It sounded really close, 
And since Jesse and Charles were boring me to death, obviously I had to go check it out. That sounded like it came from just below this hill. You think? Whoa, hold up. Where are you going? Your shoulder's still healing and you're ready to run back into another gunfight? Did you forget who was immortal here? Oh, you don't have to pretend to care, Jesse. I'm just curious. Plus, I'll be sneaky. Jesse's a complete killjoy. I managed to slip away from him and crawl over to the edge of the hill. A band of men? It looks like three of them standing around a wagon. Two of them are dressed in some sort of brown leather uniform. They're beside each other on their horses like a team. The guy next to the wagon is dressed in dirty, stained clothes. Well, at least no one's dead. Yet. Those three are rangers. Not told you. These ain't no fucking stolen goods. We got down to the ground and listened in. It seemed these rangers, or whoever, were accusing this guy with the wagon. Talking about a train robbery. Now I don't know nothing about that voice seems familiar. Hmm. An old friend? Shh. One of the rangers moved forward on his horse, raised his gun into the air, and shot a warning shot. And then uh, this this was crazy. So The ranger gets all intimidating, approaching the guy in dirty clothes, and then the other ranger behind him... The other ranger pulls out his gun, and... He shoots his own teammate in the back of the head. It was heinous. Mmm, clean shot, Paxton. Not expected, nothing less. Let's go, Ruthless. I'm ready to get out of this goddamn uniform. Jesse looked like a stone. Totally hardened, his eyes wide open and frozen. I I mean, yeah, it, it was an intense situation, but Jesse? I thought he'd seen things like this all the time. What's wrong with Jesse? Sorry, what was that? <laughs> <gasps> And that's when it all went wrong. Charles knocked over a few rocks when he turned to look at me. They tumbled down the hill, right in front of the two murderers. Fuck! Y'all stay put, or you'll be joining the rangers on the other side soon. The thief and the fake ranger quickly quartered us on their horses. We were scattered apart. The fake ranger circled his horse around me and Jesse, pointing his gun between both of us. Obviously, he had no problem blowing someone's brains out, so we complied. We got down on the ground as their horses kicked up a layer of thick desert dust. The other guy was focused on Charles, sizing him up, 
looking at his fancy clothes. Got him! <laughs> Let's move. <laughs> They took Charles. When the dust settled, all that remained was his Walkman in the dirt, his so-called Sunny Machine. It seems a fool's errand to impart today's events to my diary, given all that has transpired under my mistress's meticulous watch. Suppose I were a common man with a common family, a common education, and a common dedication. Were I that sort of man, I might engage in the nightly rituals that so many others claim to enjoy. I would sit at a table, have a plate of pork, and beans alongside my family, give prayer, sit in silence by the fire while I wished I knew how to read or something along those lines, I'm sure, then my mind to bed over and over until my death. So, in a sense, perhaps these daily entries are my pork and beans. Ugh. Today's variety came in the form of an abduction to my total embarrassment. Had I not suffered enough by enduring the cowboys and Helix's incessant disputes? <laughs> it seemed not. No, I must also be carried away like some damsel by rogues in the desert to their secret compound. It's Paxton. We're running in right now. Over. This is Romeo. Copy. Looks like he's gone and got the fire ready. Whoa. Here. I'll go let her know we got him. Start unloading. These miscreants had tied my hands and gagged me with a rope. And now, the dirty-clothed bandit grabbed me from the horse and tossed me to the earth. Dirt in my mouth, he yanked me to my feet and led me to some canvas tent. Soon as they freed me from my binds, the rope and the cloth gag cut free from my flesh, the tent opened and their leader emerged. A most familiar presence. Here he is. Ah, look. You managed to get the right one. <laughs> Mistress. normal for you? I don't know the guy. Maybe they had a reason. It's fine. 
Look, he left that machine of his. See? We can still get to the tower. She took the machine from my hands and started messing with it. Okay, which way? Fuck! It won't work! That ain't helping, just shut the thing up for now. No, you know what ain't helping is you. You gonna turn this around on me? Charles is a map maker. You're supposed to be the muscle on this team. The fuck's that supposed to mean? Aren't you supposed to be some kind of badass cowboy? I've seen you shoot, Jesse. When you're not closing your eyes, you've got perfect aim. I know you could have stopped them. I ain't shooting a soul while I'm stuck like this. Difference between me and those fools is I've got honor. A code. And I'll always do the clean thing. Oh, cry me a fucking river! Boo-hoo! I'm immortal! It ain't just that. If I wanted a code that made you happy, I'd run for office. I don't hurt kids. I don't leave a job unfinished. And I don't get an unfair How about fight. instead of whining all the time about how much taking my power ruins your life, next time you don't let some fucking criminals kidnap the only guy who can lead us to the things that'll put us back to how we're supposed to be? The girl might be right. I should've. Normally, I would've. But those men... The fake ranger especially, the one who roped Charles up. I knew those voices. I knew those eyes. Those were the same faces that told me not to worry, that I'd see my dad soon as he finished taking 3,000 heads down to Lone Flats. It was them. Sam Vogel's boys. I let them go free. We didn't need that dandy to find the first tower. Sure as hell don't need him to spot the second. Come on. We're close enough. Jesse didn't know what the hell he was doing. He huffed off in a random direction. Meanwhile, I'm on my seventh day straight in the mortal realm with a burning hole in my shoulder. Each step across this endless, flat, orange desert makes it sting more and more, and man, without buildings or trees or, or anything, the sun is the worst. Literally, the bane of my new mortal existence. Even though I'd gotten used to drinking water and eating, it was non-stop. My mouth uh, was dry as hell, my head was pounding, my feet were the worst part. I severely underestimated how much I'd want shoes in the desert. Each step was like taking 20 at a time, 
They were burning, but wet. I was sure they had to be bleeding, but I was too scared to lift my skirt and check. I'm fine. Huh? I said, are you done being an ass yet? Whatever. Funnily enough, I was more invested in finding Charles than the tower. But Jesse was all focused on that tower. I don't know, I guess I felt responsible for Charles getting captured. For one, I hadn't thought he was good company at the start of this whole mess, but he was definitely starting to become my favorite the more Jesse kept getting on my nerves. Nah, nah, I remember we were headed this way. We were supposed to go north, slightly west. This can't be. It should be here. (sighs) It was obvious. We can't do this without him. We need Charles. Radio Outcast was created by Maria Fernanda Milorazaga and J.T. Lachesse and produced by Anne Hughes. Starring Ivory Amor de Francisca as Jesse Rogers and Aaron Rubio. Griffin Otto Deniger as Burr Paxton. Jay Duong as Helix. Daniel A. Stevens as Charles Osgood. J.T. Lachesse as Remy Ruthless Morel. Anne Hughes as the voice of the Sunny Machine and Emmy, and Daniel Sotelo as Coda. This episode was written by Fernanda and directed by Fernanda, with dialogue editing by Anne, sound design by JT, and music by Samuel Kinsella. Radio Outcast has been nominated for this year's Audioverse Awards. If you've been enjoying the show and would like to show us your support by voting for us in one or more of many categories, The link will be in the show notes in the description of this episode. Visiting the link is also a good way to find a new show to listen to between our bi-weekly uploads, so I highly, highly recommend it. As always, though, you can find us online at RadioOutcast.com or follow us on Instagram at RadioOutcastPod and Twitter at Radio underscore Outcast. If you like what you hear, let us know by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or Good Pods. It really helps us reach more listeners and gives us a chance to see what you all think of the show. If you'd like to help us grow, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash radio underscore outcast. Our patrons get access to behind-the-scenes material, original scripts, and bonus content, including newspaper clips of an assassination attempt on President Cleveland and text messages between the gods. If you become a patron at the Coda tier, for as little as $1 a month, you too could get a special shout-out at the end of our episodes. Like... Kyrie O, who tragically lost a pair of earrings to the Sam Vogel gang while waiting for a carriage. Stephanie C, the train conductor who had a nasty surprise when a band of desperados suddenly appeared on her vessel. Gnome H, who claims to have run into THE 
Sam Vogel himself at a petting zoo, of all places. She says he was chatting near the goats intently about some sort of sinister escape plan. I believe it was the Patrick C. of coffee-making notoriety in the town of Lone Flats who once bested the man named Ruthless at a good old staring contest on Christmas Day. I also heard tale that Alan L. is the dreaded Sam Vogel gang's gun supplier. Daniel W. is still searching for the young brown mare the Vogel boy stole from him. In a cruel twist of fate, that horse of his would one day meet a goddess and live out his lifelong dream. Melissa L. was too wise to be tricked by Vogel when he tried to sell her a rebranded calf in his youth. However, that clever and serious Burr Paxton sure drove a harder bargain when he did the same to her five years later. Sarah F. once sold a portrait to Aaron Rubio. He is still rather fond of the painting. Rax W. bumped into Burr Paxson on their way to a chili eating contest and that sly devil stole their entry fee. Then of course there was the time that 30 head of cattle were stolen right under Marco L.'s nose while he napped. Patricia D. is said to know where the Sam Vogel gang is hiding, but when pressed on the matter, very politely replied, It's not my business to tell. Consuelo you. Oh yes, dear listener, even my dear old mom was hit by these cunning criminals. The story goes, old Rubio promised her, Oro, joyas, y el mar entero, for her prize stallion. There may have been no tussle, no blood, there sure was a broken heart after their encounter. Val V. Oh dear, that poor, poor soul. Val was on her first train ride out of her hometown when the Sam Vogel gang did what they do best. Rob a bunch of good folk. Juan Aurelio P. I've heard tale that this is the man who trained old Rubio and continues to buy the horses, cattle, and yes, yes, dear listener, even the goats that the Sam Vogel gang smuggles out of the U.S. lines into Mexico. Andy S., such a sweet man, but unfortunately for him, the Vogel gang is crueler. Sure, he won't say what they did, but I know it wasn't kind. Aaron B. was trusted by the state to transport some very important bonds across the nation via the Pacific West and became yet another victim to the Sam Vogel gang. Susan D., I gotta say, there is no one cleverer than she who apparently single-handedly beat not just Ruthless Morel, nor just Aaron Rubio, not even just Burr Paxton at a 10-hour game of Pharaoh, but has apparently beat none other than Sam Vogel himself too. Lena, they are truly too clever for their own good. Rumor has it they stole three horses from the Vogel boys right after they had stolen ten heads of cattle. The poor suckers had to walk their way across the border. And last but not least, Chelsea S., who once read Sam Vogel's palm and promised him great fortune would come enter his life. However, she did not realize it would be her fortune he would be taking as his own. <laughs> to all of our patrons, thanks again. We really appreciate you. And to everyone listening, safe travels. <laughs>